Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in to another Warrior Wang Bang Wednesday coming to you on a Thursday night recorded after a horrifying loss, uh, 135 to 134 against the Houston Rockets. So many terrible things to talk about. Not a good way to start out the new year. And I have to say, my New Year's resolution is to find a new team. James, we're, we're, we're jumping ship. We're going to become Nets fans, okay? You're freaking, you're gonna, you already have the hats, so you're good to go there. <laughs> hey, I got two of them. Uh, Michelle and I got two for 30 bucks. so <laughs> you, you know the team's good when you can get uh, two Mitchell and Ness hats for $30. For that's team. it. <laughs> I, won't, I won't dock you on the deal. At least that's a good deal. <laughs> and at the time that we bought it, I think Jeremy Lin was still there. So, you know, you, you, you can't hate the purchase when Jalen's yeah, on the team, right? So I support, support Jalen. We'll do that. <laughs> Well, in case you couldn't tell on the phone, I got the Genio James Liao with the new laptop on his end, and I got a new Yeti microphone that I'm trying out on my end. So uh, hopefully this episode sounds a little better. I'm still working out some of the settings, uh, and hopefully the next time I do a recording, everything will be crisp and clear. But James, how's it going, man? Uh, It was a lot better probably about three hours ago uh, than now, (laughs) so... um, Boy, it was just did not end the way we had wanted to. I think we, we could start by talking about the last couple of minutes of regulation. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it wasn't so much three hours ago. I would say it was about 30 minutes ago when we were up, you know, six points with a minute left and KD decides to jack a three-pointer with like 15 seconds left on the shot clock. But like the, uh, the other thing is, is like, I understand like that that is – by all definitions, a terrible shot, right? But, <laughs> but like the the crazy thing is, is like every time, and like you've seen Steph do, we've seen Steph do it, yeah. like stuff like this for the last five years, yeah. you know, just like basically go for the jugular, like that's how they play. Katie's the same way. Uh, now, would I have preferred that they burn some time off the clock? Yeah. That yeah. would have been, that would have been my only complaint. I have no problem with the pull up three. Yeah, it's just like yeah, yeah. but you just you gotta burn time. The clock management is what fucked us. Yeah, you know? yeah. not the pull up three or whatever. You know. It's yeah, just, yeah. yeah. It, I take that back. I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't the shot itself. It was the shot with how much time was left in the game. With how dangerous of a three point shooting that Houston Rockets team is. I mean, and how hot James Harden had been. It, it yeah. was the guy was playing out of his mind, and you know, it, to to think that you know they need to you know, make three, two threes to catch up to us. Any other team, you'd be like, okay, that that's quite a mountain for them to come. That's quite a mountain for them to climb. But for the way James Harden was playing, man, like you, you, you couldn't give him that opening. It just pisses me off that Katie did it. And then Steph did it the next possession down. Yeah. Same thing. And also like 16 seconds on the shot clock. Like I don't have a problem with you doing a, a late pick and roll and just coming off the, the pick and just pulling up for a three. That's for those guys. That's a solid shot. Like that's not a bad shot. Yeah. You know, but you gotta watch the clock, and it gave them the two for one. You yeah. Know? Yeah. They like, had a chance to win in regulation. I, yeah. The Rockets did, and I was like, dude, that. <laughs> like that's the crazy part. It's like you you could have gotten the two for one if you had played it properly. Right. But then, like you're saying, you just jack up two, waste two uh, consecutive possessions with quick shots, and you just like. You want the time down, like to start draining the clock. You have the lead. You're not down six, yeah. you know. And, and you know what always amazes me is that you know you're, you're sitting on a bench. You have so many assistant coaches, and, and the same thing goes with football. I, I, I've seen so many terrible clock management plays uh, in the football this year that it's like, dude. You have a staff of so many people. You could have a ball boy or, or hire some math nerd out of, you know, Cal Berkeley to, to just be the clock management guy. To be like, hey, you know, tap Coach Kerr on the shoulder and be like, hey, one minute left. You guys have the ball with 24 seconds. You should be shooting at about eight seconds or something like that. I don't know. You, yeah. you would think that 
somebody would be worth paying that kind of money just to manage these kinds of situations. It is yeah. flabbergasting that uh, that they couldn't figure this out. Um, and I but, mean, even the crazy part is is also like um, like there were so many chances we could have put this game away. Oh, like yeah, even the early lead, yeah. and then you look at the final numbers and stuff, and like. Uh, this is the the recurring theme with our offense this year, you know, like our three pointer is just not like guys have off nights and stuff. And then like, you know, what the consistency is not there. I mean, we still, I think by percentage, one of the best, if not the best three point shooting team, but right. um, I, I still think like, you know, Steph has more of these games and then Clay was in a you know tough stretch before he's coming back a little bit, yeah, but Steph had a, yeah, exactly. And Steph had, you know, like 5 or 15. The last couple of games, he's been shooting like, you know, something around that range, like taking 13 or 15 threes a game and making like five or six of them. So he's shooting in like the low 40s or the high 30s. And it's just like, that's not good enough. Like, yeah, he hasn't been as good. And Kevin Durant tonight was only one of five. Yeah, and, KD too. And I think, and we'll get into this, but with Draymond struggling mightily from the three-point line, I almost feel like in order for the Warriors to win, two out of the three sharpshooters need to be, you know, at, at least 40, 50 percent. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you know, KD one of five, Steph five fifteen. You know, Clay, Clay was four of eight, which was good, but that, that that's just too many misses. He's the threes. one guy. Yeah. 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 See, and that's exactly the point, right? Like, because even if Steph had just made one more, or KD had made one more, right. you know, if you just make one more three, like you're in a much better position. Like, yeah, you have two guys just, at forty percent. Yeah, you have two guys at forty percent, and like it, it's gonna be either a close game or you know we're gonna have the advantage. Like, it's just like, but like, I, I still think like. You know, there's just, just too much up and down with um, our offense, you know. But, like, that's the crazy part. You and I were talking about this the other day, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we are sitting here talking about the offense. And as of the night or the previous game, we still had the best offense in the league. Yeah. Like, like that's crazy. Like, you know, even for us, we're just sitting here. I was like, dude, this is – they're not even playing up to par. Right. You know, and then, but then they still have the number one offense in the league. Yeah. Like, but- the trouble points, points per 100 possessions, obviously. Right. So, yeah. Right. The, the highest offensive rating. It's just like, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, before we go into, uh, you know, kind of the status of the, of the team as a whole and, you know, quote unquote, New Year's resolutions for the players, I, I, any other thoughts on that Houston Rockets game? Shitty refereeing. <laughs> Kevin yeah, Durant was... basically swimming in the second row uh, when he saved that ball. <laughs> And then, like, we were trying to, like, even just come up with reasons, like, oh, the ref just missed it. And then the replay shows you, it's like, oh, my, he's staring at him. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody in between the ref and Katie. He's yeah. literally staring at him. And then he's just like, oh, no, that's fine. Yeah, he's not out of bounds. It's fine. Yeah. I was and like, no, no, like, replay to, like, check it or anything like that. It's just like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, when Ke- when uh, uh, James Harden hit that three, I was like, "All right, poetic justice." <laughs> yeah, like I was, I, I that's why I was telling you, I was like, "Oh yeah, we deserve to lose that one." Yeah. After that like, atrocious <laughs> non no call by the ref, yeah. <laughs> just come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, the stars aligned and it and it everything made sense at the end of the night and. Um, I'll, I'll take this loss. It's a bad loss to a team that is only, you know, that's missing Eric Gordon and Chris Paul. Uh, but, you know, kudos to, to James Harden. I mean, I, I give that guy a lot of shit, but the guy is insane on offense. He was unstoppable uh, with that step back three. And his passes tonight, holy shit. Like the, you know, just the, the pass between people's legs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> on the pick and roll, the lobs to Capella. I mean, it helps to have a rim runner like Capella. Warriors are really, really lacking that. Um, but man, I mean, kudos to Harden tonight. I, I have nothing to say about his performance. Yeah, I mean, he was incredible. That's why I was like, we were talking about like, you know, defensively what the Warriors could have done, and you know, um, just to mix up coverages. Like, it's yeah. easy to like, like. Late in the in the game, they weren't really. They kept trying to get Steph to get onto Harden, but 
Steph just kind of did the old like not really switch but switch and then not really switch thing. Yeah. Where it's like he kind of his man goes, but then he just kind of tags Clay. Uh, like they're about to switch, but then he doesn't. He just goes follows his own man again. Yeah. You know, it's like you just you. I wonder how much of it is just like you know we taking a different like in the playoffs. Like how would you defend Harden? Now obviously Paul would be back too, but yeah. you know defensively, like you have to think about mixing it up because mm-hmm. I mean it also makes sense right now because Harden's high usage because Paul and EG is out. They have right. no other choice. Right. You know he has to be high usage, but. Um, in the in the playoffs, if those guys are healthy, it's going to be a little bit different. But you know, if they don't have them right now, I just don't know why they didn't go to a more aggressive defensive approach. Dude, because we're scared of uh, Austin Rivers, man. Yeah, Son I'm just like, dude, if Austin Rivers is going to beat us, that's fine. Yeah. You live with it. Yeah. Like Rivers is a solid player, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. But you can't live with James Harden, 44 points at 10 threes. Yeah, like. You just can't do that. Like, if Austin Rivers will beat you, then you just live with it. If Daniel House Jr. is going to beat you, <laughs> then that's fine, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah or Gerald Green. Yeah, or if Gerald Green's going to be, you know, the one making shots, and it's just like, that's fine. Like, I, I'd rather live with that than Harden just, like, making these ridiculous backbreaker threes. Yeah, you know? and, and I wonder if it's... Kerr just not showing his hand because he knows that, especially at the beginning of the season when we thought that the Rockets were going to be the number two team, he definitely thought that we'd be running into the Rockets again in the playoffs. So maybe we're at the point right now where we don't want to, you know, show our hand and we'll live with the, you know, the, the James Harden one-on-one uh, hero ball uh, because, you know, you're right. He is high usage and that's not going to happen in the playoffs. So if we, if we show what our strategy would be in the playoffs, if they were playing CP three and they were playing Eric Gordon and we're just doing the same strategy on, you know, Austin rivers and, uh, and uh, you know, guys like PJ Tucker, Gerald green, whatever. Like, I, I think it maybe Kerr's worried about tipping his hand too early, you know, we're still only in January of the season. There's still so much more to be, so much more basketball to be played, and it's you know home court advantage is not going to come down to a tiebreaker uh, between us and the Rockets. So I, I don't think we're worried about that either. I mean, they're only two games behind. You realize that, right? Yeah, yeah. But also, home court advantage doesn't really matter too much either. We, we showed that by winning Game Seven on their floor. So yeah, uh, uh, I you know I, I'm a little curious about that, and uh, you know we'll. As the season goes on, you know, we'll probably be talking a little bit more about you know, our, our specific defensive schemes against the elite teams of the West. But but I do want to talk in general about defense because, you know, Harden went off on us tonight. Um, you know, you and I were up in Portland and we saw Damian Lillard drop 40 on us. And granted, it was, you know, a 40-point effort in a, you know, in a 10-point loss to us. But... I mean, he, guys like Damian Lillard, James Harden, you know, they're having their way against the Warriors guards. And, and part of me thinks that the, the defense just isn't quite there anymore. Yeah. I mean, um, the numbers back up that claim easily, yeah. you know? We're yeah, we're, um, yeah we're a middle-of-the-road defense. Like, we're yeah. just a average defensive team. Like, you know, even in years past when we, you know, the first couple, uh, I think first championship we were, we were like, almost top five of both. We were like first offense and like fourth and or fourth and defense. And then the years after that, we we're all top 10, both, right. you know, it's like, if you're going to be an actual contender, you have to be top 10 on both sides of the ball. Like, right. you know, a 16th defense is just not going to cut it. And it, mm-hmm. you can tell the effort level is just not there. Even today, just like there was a bunch of plays where I thought guys were standing around after loose balls. Capella yeah. was like, Diving, that shit up, yeah. It's like just yeah, just literally going and getting the ball, and then you got guys that claim stuff. They're just standing around, yeah, tapping, trying to <laughs> hoping the ball gets tapped to them. You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. That's like watching us play basketball. Yeah, like. it's like it's low effort defense. <laughs> like you know, it's like you're not trying to end the possession. Like you're just trying to hopefully somebody taps it, and then you, mm-hmm. you kind of move on. And then people aren't really boxing out. And mm-hmm. you know, you and I have talked about this. We miss an actual bruiser center dude. Yeah. You know, Bogut and Zaza has been that for us. Yeah. The last D- two D West years. also. Yeah. D West in the second unit. Like 
we actually miss that a lot. Like, yeah. just the guy who's going to go in there. I like Jonas. He's been well for us. Uh, and he he can mix it up, but he that's not enough. Like, you mm. need more. Yeah, you know? and he's a bruiser on the boards, but not necessarily a bruiser on D, right? Yeah, and exactly. I think that's, that's what we're missing the most. We don't have awesome hustle guys anymore looney somewhat uh mckinney is great Uh, jonas is good but not heavy rotation guys and and that's what the problem is or or not reliable rotation guys i would say uh so this takes me to my first uh, new year's resolution give me a new year's resolution for the golden state warriors defense yeah i mean i i think like the overall effort, like, has to be improved. Like, even guys like, like Sean and like Andre, like, there are nights when like Andre will just like play on defense. Like, you can tell that he's like playing harder on defense and right. stuff. Yeah, but you know, for most part, I mean, I don't blame them. They're old as fuck. You know, <laughs> like they can't you, go. You mean like our day. age? Yeah, <laughs> those motherfuckers old. So it's like, and Sean has no knees. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, I understand it, but sometimes it's just frustrating to watch as a fan because it's just like low effort, like, you know, not going after loose balls, missing rotations, you know, or like letting your guy blow by you. Like Andre on that one play with Harden trying to like draw the foul oh, yeah. and like flopping well, oh backwards and then recovering yeah. really slow. And it's just like, that's just low effort defense. Yeah. Like there's no other way to describe that than just low effort. Like he just wasn't trying hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like it just annoys. Like Andre is a great defender, and it's just you're just like, God damn it! Would you just don't do that? What are you doing? Like, yeah, I I wonder who's who's behind all this, doing the metrics and being like, hey, uh, Draymond tonight go 100, percent you know, uh, tomorrow night go 60 percent, night after you know half asset, or maybe they take turns, you know, being like, okay, tonight you're the guy that goes in and fights for boards and taps shit out. because you know health is a is a major concern for this team right and you know people get hurt going in for rebounds i i I think there's a reason why the warriors don't get hurt very often and i think it's because they selectively choose um when to turn up that effort so I, i i think it's you know we say this every year but you know they they can turn it on and they will turn it on it's just a matter of will they be able to do it in time and you know, it, will it be enough? Because we're only getting worse. You know, the, you know, Boogie is kind of still kind of a big question mark. Uh, but I'll tell you what, he's not going to improve this defense. He, he's not. He's not the guy that's going to solve our problems against yeah. Capella defensively. No, I defensively no. But I mean, imagine being able to have him to dump it into. You yeah. know, yeah. And um, especially if you um, try to get a switch on Capella. Yeah. Yeah, um, you put CP3 on him or something. Yeah, you know, you, or yeah. just like switch Capella into, to somebody else because they're just going to want to switch everything. Then it's just like, okay, then we'll just dump it down to, to Boogie and just have him work whoever, you know, James Ennis the <laughs> third or Daniel House Jr. or whatever. Or, or you know? uh, Brandon Knight, superhero like, Brandon Knight. This, is, <laughs> this, the part that also angers me more is just like you're losing to a bunch of like nobodies. Like yeah. that's the part that like really annoys me it's like you want to lose to like you know certain guys it's like that's fine mm. you know but it's like it's like at least austin rivers is a name you know <laughs> but it's like what the hell is daniel house jr what the hell is james ennis the third like yeah. these guys are just like come on dude they're yeah. nobodies and then to, to have them like be part of the the team that beats you you're just like god damn dude yeah yeah going back to the defense before we move on uh I, I think a good New Year's resolution is just survey that buyout market. Keep an eye out for Robin Lopez, see what happens with him, and hit up David West. You know, that he, he did run out of his legs uh, last season, but get him on board for that kind of March, April, and playoff stretch. He, he might be down. Um, so that, that that's what I'm thinking, because we do need that bruiser in the middle. We, we, we just don't have that presence anymore. Can you, can you like, think about, like, also – um, and I was reading this uh, the other day. Uh, Brooke Lopez was available as a free agent. Lakers were going to resign him, and they he ended up signing for the biannual with the Bucks, which is like three mil a year or something. Yeah, and I was like, 
don't know about Brooke Lopez. But if you're going to utilize him like the Bucks utilize him as like a stretch three yeah. or a stretch five, excuse me, then it's like, dude, I would I would rather if, if he was available at that price, like I would take him. Why wouldn't you take Robin Lo- or excuse me, Brooke Lopez well, at three million a year who can knock down three or four threes, turn him exclusively into a stretch five? Yeah, but I mean, on defense, he's he's terrible, and on the boards, I mean, he's a seven footer that you know, a starting seven footer that averaged, I think, six rebounds a game. For oh, a he's good... terrible defender. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's terrible. I, I would say he would have come in handy if we had known Draymond would be absolute dog shit at shooting three pointers, but at the beginning of the season, we didn't know that. Right? Yeah, the spacing got off. Yeah. Because Draymond is like can't shoot, and, yeah. and you Blake have to stagger, yeah. and you have to stagger the lineup so you always have one or two shooters, and you know that has also been kind of a slight problem. I feel like yeah, the yeah. lineup stuff. Yeah, well, let's move on to uh, the the second uh, New Year's resolution. Draymond Green, uh, I, I believe, at one point earlier, uh, early in December, he had more turnovers than field goals. I, I don't know if that's still the case, but. His three-point shooting percentage was something abysmal, like 20%. Um, hey, those are Lonzo Ball numbers, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Draymond was calling me up for shooting tips. He was asking me, you know, how do you, how do you shoot the stroke? Former backup point guard of the Golden State Warriors, Emil. Oh, yeah, I forgot you know him. That's why, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was hitting me up. Uh, but, I mean, he's been absolute garbage. And I, and I love how... You know, he had two back-to-back games where he shot, like, two of four, and everyone's like, oh, shit, Draymond's back. It's like, dude. Yeah, this, this <laughs> is not like Clay Thompson. It's like Clay can put together two, three games, and you're like, okay, he's back because yeah. it's Clay. Yeah. You know, and one of the best shooters ever. You're talking about Draymond Green, who literally in his entire career had one season where he was, like, a decent 30, shooter. Yeah, 37 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what – what confuses me is, you know, and I think you and I have talked about this. We've, li- you know, we listened to Marcus Thompson and some of those other athletic guys talk about it. Marcus Thompson is like, you know, keep letting him shoot. If he shoots two of nine on games, it forces defenses to guard him. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He needs to be making like four of nine for you know, for defenses to even consider. But even then, they would still gladly not guard him. If right. he made four or nine, most teams, I think uh, good teams will tell you that they will just live with it. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't is. matter how many he makes. Yeah. They're just going to live with it. Yeah, it's better that than Steph or Clay going on yeah, for exactly. threes. Because, you know, it, it's not just the final number, right? It, it's also the, you know, how someone can catch fire and, and kind of swing a game like within a, a two minute span and Draymond Green is not going to do that for you by shooting four of nine on threes, you know? Um, so, so that being said, what do you think? Uh, New Year's resolution, Draymond shoot more, shoot less. How does he work himself into the offense? Uh, I think you just got to do, um, you just can't do the whole, uh, let him stand out there and like survey. Like he has to, you got to put him in more actions. Um, so either be the screener on a pick and roll yeah. or or have him be a guy that if you're going to pass to him, let him do like a dribble handoff off the top of the key yeah. um, or something of that sort. Or keep him engaged so that the defender actually has to defend him, yeah. you know, instead yeah. of just like swinging the ball and then the Draymond's just sitting there waiting for like surveying and trying to like pass the cutters and stuff. Yeah. And then – the center just hanging back. They're just like, we're not going to defend him. Yeah. Like, if he can't make the three there, then that has to change. Like, you can't allow that to continue. Like, you've got to keep him engaged in other areas, I think. You know, that's the trickiest part. Yeah. And, 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 you know, God knows he can still kind of make layups right now. But his floater's not there anymore. Uh, You know, we talked about his jump shot isn't there anymore. So I, I think that really ruins... The pay, like the half court set because the Warriors are used to you know people being open and and taking the shot or or making the pass and that person taking the shot right because the moment you pass to Draymond who's wide open that means that five other people are you know five people are guarding four other people the likelihood of the other four getting open and, and having a clean look at the basket is is so low that. 
it screws up the offense. I mean, I've ne- I haven't seen the Warriors take so many shots so late in the shot clock than than this year. And, and part of that might be the new rules where you know the 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 shot clock resets only to fourteen. But I I feel like there's so many occasions where like man, the Warriors are just you know it, it still comes down to iso ball um, with you know two or three seconds left and KD taking a taking a jumper or Clay taking a jumper. You know there, there isn't that crisp ball movement you know that that leads to a curry corner three and and that all starts with draymond i i I don't i don't see i don't see how him surveying you know like you said catching the ball at the top of the key surveying surfing surveying and, and looking for the pass and then finally deciding that oh you know i'll try a floater when he does that you know we saw this in portland like he traveled he, he he was just so unsure of himself that he just it's traveled. useless. It's absolutely useless. Like when he's just standing there, yeah. it's no good because he can't shoot. Yeah. Normally, if he could shoot, the defender has to at least play him, yeah. which opens up the passing lanes and all that a little bit more. But yeah. otherwise, he just the defender just sags off him yeah. and clogs up the lanes. And then guys who are running through Clay and Kate, uh, Steph and Katie, uh, that extra defender is there bumping and you know knocking guys off course. You know that you don't have to guard Draymond, and you can he can do that. So it's like friggin' stupid. Like why even put him in that position? So you gotta put him in more actions where the defender can actually be you know actively engaged. Otherwise, yeah. it's like I you know it's useless. Yeah, or find him for backdoor cuts or something. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's there's or post him up. Like, not to no, score. No, no, no. But, I, I, <laughs> but that's my point. It's like, even if you look at old offense, Draymond, when he posts up, he doesn't post up to score. Yeah. Right? So just have him at the elbow. Yeah. Um, and then the defense has to defend him. That's yeah. the thing. They're not going to let him just, like, do anything there. Like, when yeah. he has the ball in a post up, the defender has to be there. So, like, you're not going to score. He's not going to try to score. Just tell him, hey, look, now you can look for a cutter because – the guys now out of the lane and guarding you, you know. Right. That's the whole idea is to free up like driving lanes or even like cutting lanes. Yeah, but the, but those lanes are smaller now because you can play bigger centers on them. I mean, it, it used to be that you needed a more mobile center to be out on Draymond, so he, you know you you could contest his shot, or if he put yeah. it on the floor, you can stay in front of him. Now, now if Draymond's only going to be posting. You can put play the traditional center, exactly. Yeah, the Nurkic, yeah. yeah th- those guys can bother him with lanes or block his shot. I mean, how many times have we seen him try to post up, make make a move down low, and he just gets swatted? You know, they said this on TNT earlier today, but the Warriors are the lowest scoring team when it comes to points in the paint, and, and you know that's because we're running dudes like Draymond out there in the paint. Yeah, you know, he's got. All of his inefficient, all of the Warriors scoring inefficiencies, I think, are, you know, a root cause by Draymond. And I I don't think, obviously, we're not going to say take him out of the game, but I I think, you know, he's going to have to honestly play off ball in a different way. I don't don't see the value of him having the ball in his hands anymore unless he boards and starts to break. That's when he's most dangerous, and he still is dangerous. He doesn't have any off-ball skills. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, like that's not where he's useful. You can't – I think it would be hard to teach at this point in his career. Uh, I I think it's going to be hard to – Decide what you're gonna, what we're gonna do with Draymond. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it'll be difficult. Like his skill set is very um, specific. Yeah. Like he, he's not super malleable on offense. Like he has certain things that he's good at, but there's other stuff he's just it's unplayable. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, I, I think we'll, uh, we'll we'll be left undecided on the, on the New Year's resolution for Draymond. But side note, what, what's his next contract? Uh. I think, I mean, he's not going to get the Supermax now yeah. because, yeah, there's no way. Could, yeah, he played himself out of it. So um, I would be surprised if – now, this isn't – this is not this summer, but yeah, next, next summer. Yeah. yeah, 2020 summer. Yeah. Uh, I would be surprised if anyone offered him anyone near a max. Yeah. yeah. And th- that's the problem. If his shooting doesn't improve, nobody's going to want to pay for him. Uh, he's already declining athletically a little bit. Like, you can tell. Like he doesn't get up as high as he used to on blocks. He's, uh, his I think his mind is still really sharp, but body is already breaking down a little bit. Yeah. Like he's got bad knees and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. You know. So. 
Yeah, four year, eighteen million, and uh, the same contract he has now. Basically, is my is my prediction for it. Yeah, I would guess somewhere around that that area. It wouldn't be anywhere near um what he's looking what he was looking for. He's like I took a pay cut or whatever. At that time, maybe he did, but at this point in his career, he's gonna be maybe twenty nine by the time he gets his or thirty by the time he gets that next contract. Yeah. Not happening. Yeah. yeah, I would I would say roughly in that area. Um, yep. And I, I would think if Warriors would just offer him that, and um, you know, if he doesn't want to take it, then so be it. Yeah, and you move on. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. You can't overpay for a guy that's not going to be such a negative on offense. Yeah, and so, he's also not going to make any more All Star All Star teams. I think yeah, that's, that's right. it. He's done. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Guarantee you that. All right, let's move on to Clay uh, Thompson. What uh, kind of an up and down year, or more downs than ups? Seems to have his shooting stroke back a little bit, but. Uh, I, I think everyone's kind of seen this, that he's trying to shoot himself into a Supermax contract for this summer. Uh, ha- I personally have not loved the shots that he's taking. A lot of uh, bad mid-range jumpers uh, early in the clock. I mean, granted, he's still shooting okay for you know NBA standards. Uh, he still plays pretty good defense, though you know, I, I think watching him get torched by Harden uh, and Damian Lillard uh, makes me question that a little bit, but overall, what do you think about his game? I mean, his shootings were de- declined. What, what changes do you think need to be made? Uh, I think it's um, yeah. I mean, it, actually, he was shooting uh, a decent amount of um, you know, like you were saying, the uh, mid-range shots, but he's actually still making uh, them at a pretty good clip. I think like forty-four um, or something. Yeah, it was like actually in the high 40s like he was actually shooting them pretty well mm-hmm. like uh for and you know he takes a lot of them he, he upped it a lot for sure this year uh but um i think he'll bounce back i mean you just you can't you don't expect a shooter like clay with you know seven eight years in the league of history of being this great shooter to all of a sudden just lose Regress. It. yeah yeah exactly it's just not going to happen now do i think he's going to get back to his like 41, 42% career average. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I think he will uh, continue. Like in the last three games, he's already upped his percentage because he's been shooting a lot better. And you just got to be stay confident and be smart. I mean, some of those shots, uh, you know, that he had missed early in the year, like, dude, the guy was shooting like 30% on like wide, wide open. open. Yeah. Literally nobody around him. Yeah, that's bomb. And you're just like, that's all mental. Like, that's not even, like, form or anything. You're just like, dude, there's nobody around you. Yeah. You're wide open, and he's just missing it. And that, I, I, I can probably count. Like, that probably cost us, like, two, three games. Yeah. Just Clay's, like, absolute dreadful three-point shooting. That probably cost us a few games alone. Yeah. You know? I so, guess. yeah. So, I, I mean, it's just, like, just something like that. You're just like, dude, it's just unsustainable even for such a great shooter. So, I expect him to pick it back up. I think he'll end up. In the season in probably like the high 30s like on threes yeah yeah probably close to 40 but like in the high 30s my guess 39 or something he'll end the season is my guess yeah right so. now 44 percent on field goals 35 percent on threes so yeah. I, I i agree i don't think there's going to be that many changes that we need to see from him but it, it, it is something interesting to keep an eye on to see you know is he really playing for that big contract uh is he going to go a little bit more with the hero ball uh, i Maybe it's I'm I'm looking at it in kind of uh, how should I say through a, a specific lens uh, where in the lens of that he's going to be a free agent next year. So, uh, you know, you're, you're, we're all kind of looking for these things, but in reality, he's still a competitor. He's not going to do anything stupid in the playoffs, and you know when it matters, I think he'll he'll know when to pass and when to shoot. Uh, let's move on to Steph. Any thoughts on Steph? I think he's. Still sloppy with the ball, but overall, good player. Yeah, I mean, Steph's having, he was having a good game, but, you know, his last five, he's shooting 36.5% on threes. So, like, that's what I was concerned about. He was so hot, uh, and then now his three point average is back to 45, which was the same as his MVP year. Yeah. Um, so, on the same volume and stuff like that. So, um, I just think that has to improve. Uh, if we are going to uh, try to continue to win games, because if Steph is going to shoot his, if he ends up struggling at, 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 at on any consistent level, like that's it's done. Yeah. Like 
we can live with we survived Clay's you know slump, but mm-hmm. Steph can't go on a slump like yeah. that'll just fuck us completely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he uh, you know that a lot of the Warriors' success is channeled through how well he's playing, and that was shown early on in the season. I mean, we were we were stellar when he was healthy, and the moment he went out, you know, we went on what we were like ten and ten or something, uh, something pretty terrible. I, I I agree. I think he's still you know as Great as you know, thirty thirty six percent would be for any other player. Uh, you know, he he needs to be shooting better for this team to be to be awesome. Because not that people are going to leave him open, but if the offense by the numbers relies on Steph making more of these shots, then you know, like you said, a, the difference of a game could be Clay. You know, missing two three pointers. I, I think the same could be said about Steph. You know, yeah. percentage wise, you know, if he's 36 versus 45, that's the difference of one, one three pointer game, basically. So, I mean, that's the crazy part about like today's NBA, right? Yeah. Like you can sit here and analyze all this crap about what happens, all this like random stuff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like, it's just like, uh, if you want to break it down to like the most basic, it's just straight up like, dude, if this team is going to make shots, like if this guy makes shots, then they're going to have a chance to win right it's like the blazers who are watching their game right mm-hmm. and it's just like you know what happens like if you just make mo harkless and el farouk Aminu make yeah. shots they're yeah. gonna have a chance to win every game yeah if they make shots they're gonna have a chance to win and if they don't then the blazers will just never advance anywhere in the playoffs mm-hmm. they just will not it doesn't matter how good dame or cj is it has no bearing mm-hmm. it's just not gonna happen because the defense is just gonna target those guys and if they don't make shots, they're not going to win. Yeah. And that's what happened. They got swept in the playoffs last year because the Pelicans were like, you know what? We're going to make Aminu and Harkless make shots. And they didn't, and they lost. Yeah. Like, it's just, you can, all the strategy in the world doesn't help. You know, it's yeah. just like, it just comes down to that. Like, is Aminu and Harkless going to make, why, Evan Turner included, yeah. make wide open three pointers? Yeah. If they're not, then they're not going to win. Yeah. Like and it's just same thing as us. It's just like, hey, look, if Iggy if, Dre, yeah, if Iggy can make threes yeah. wide open, and if Steph can make one more three than usual, you know, then you're gonna have a chance to win the game. Like every every night, if Iggy can do, you know, two or three threes a night on good percentages, then you're gonna have a chance to win every game. Yeah, it's that simple. Yeah, I. I... I'm going to get into Kerr in a little bit, but I think this this might be the result. Uh, you know, the, the lower shooting percentages and even Draymond's play might actually be the result of uh, Kerr's coaching strategies. But but before we get to him, let, let's talk KD. Um, I've noticed something kind of interesting about KD is that we don't really use him a heck of a lot until the fourth quarter. I I, I always feel like, you know, you always see some fourth quarter stat. It's like, you know, going to the fourth quarter, Kevin Durant has like, you know, 15 points or something. And all of a sudden he drops like 15 in the quarter. I feel like he's kind of that, that limit break uh, move or the, the special that we say for the fourth quarter where, you know, with six minutes left, it's just pass the ball to KD, let him post people up. I would say on most nights that works, you know, 90% of the time. Uh, tonight wasn't one of those nights. I mean, PJ Tucker just gets under his skin. Um, and I, I'm on the fence on how I feel about that strategy, and I don't know if even Kevin Durant is really thrilled with that strategy because he really is not involved with the offense a heck of a lot early in the game, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, he – and you're right. Like, it happens, um, you know, most games now. You'll see him kind of try to facilitate, try to, like, overpass and pick his spots and stuff like that. Um, and then really try to take over if the game is close later on. But, um, you know, I I think KD is just like just reading his body language for me this year just hasn't been that good. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, even, you know, I think it's just amplified after the, the spat with Draymond. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I just I, I haven't liked his, his body language. Um, you know, I think um, his shot selection has not has kind of 
hasn't yeah. improved yet. It's kind of actually gotten worse, I feel like. like yeah, you know, a lot of yeah. bad mid-range twos, the same way that yeah. Clay's been. I mean, there, there's yeah. something weird going on. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's another E. coli uh, outbreak or Ebola yeah. or whatever the fuck it was? <laughs> Ebola or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, it was just like, it's it's like, you know, pounding, holding the ball, trying to ISO, which fine for KU, it, it's usually a pretty decent shot. Yeah. Uh, but still, like, you know, I'd rather him... Uh, catch in the lane uh and then just shoot it yeah. uh, or like you know face up be decisive take one dribble into the lane and pull up you know because guys pj Tucker cannot yeah you know contest the shot like he'll make it tough and be physical if you give him you know try to like back him down or whatever or like you know but just face him up dude and then he's gonna try to crowd you and then you just try to take him off the dribble yeah because like, you have the speed that was like, the, yeah i noticed that too like why did katie keep on going back to that post-up move it almost I felt know, like he had something kept... to prove like yeah slash like I don't understand slash to the middle catch it at the top of the key nobody can guard you if you know if one are... dribble yeah literally one dribble you're past yeah. like pc yeah. Like Tucker's a good defender, but like foot speed wise, yeah. he's not the same. He does like, not have that first step. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't. He can't defend the first step. You have a quick first step like KD, he's done. Yeah. Uh, and then just pull up. Yeah. You know, face up, one dribble, get to your spot, and then pull up and make the jumper. Like I don't know. Yeah. What's up with the post up thing? It doesn't matter. <laughs> like. Yeah, like, it's one of those like you know. Know your audience, or I guess know your defenders. Like it, it's just a strange thing from Kevin Durant. And as a side note to our listeners, like James and I did review, uh, record an episode talking about the Draymond spat, but due to uh, technical difficulties, it did not make the cut. So apologies on that. Uh, I guarantee you it was a great episode. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what we uh, what the content was, but it was great. It, it was fantastic. Just like just like many of our nights are. Uh, let's wrap up this discussion with uh, talking Coach Kerr and overall coaching strategies. You and I talked about this a while ago, um, and we talked about you know how large centers, you know the Gobert's, the Nurkic's, the uh, Jokic's, uh, the Zubox. By the way, my my number one trade target, Draymond for Zubox straight up. I, I think the Warriors should do it before the February trade deadline, but that's just me. Uh, we, I think that. The league has gotten smart enough that the Warriors just can't run them off the floor anymore, and part of that is Draymond's, you know, lack of uh, lack of ability to create and lack of ability to shoot. Um, that's really opened the door up again for traditional centers to be played against us, especially guys like Rudy Gobert, who have incredible length and incredible recovery. Uh, Rudy Gobert was an incredible defender on that pick and roll. Anytime we tried to run the pick and roll with Draymond as the facilitator, Gobert was able to, you know, uh, you know uh, come out and challenge Draymond, switch to whoever he passed to, and then even switch back if the ball went back to Draymond and block it. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I don't think that the Warriors are going to be able to just run these guys out of the gym anymore. But I remember you felt differently. Yeah, I mean, I still think it, it it's different when you get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and unless you know the Jazz can show me that they can play with Gobert on the court, because yeah. that's that's the problem. Like late game situations, they couldn't put him on the court. Yeah, because he just couldn't defend the pick and roll, and it's just like very difficult to like justify. So I just think if you like, especially also, I mean, even a team like Houston, like they'll just take. Gobert out of the game right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just pick and roll him to death. Yeah, and uh, you know, you know, if you're not gonna switch, then you're just gonna, you know, have, deal with uh, you know Harden's excellent passing. Like you know, it's like stuff like this. You're just like there's ways to pick apart a defense that the, isn't malleable. There, there are you know? ways, but I mean, if you think about it this way, if we're running Draymond out as our center, right? So can do you really put him in the pick and roll anymore with Gobert because Draymond can't shoot? So right, so it's it really depends because now it it you know like I said it's just for them like I still think you can get the right guys to pull uh, Gobert out of the the paint because that's the goal, right? Yeah, is for guys like him to get him out of the paint. Yeah, you know? So then it's, it's like a like, switch off the ball. Right, you, you screen yeah. for dudes who don't have the ball and just hope that 
Gobert ends up on a you know on an Alfonso McKinney or something. And yeah, then exactly. He, and then he's the screener. And, and I I agree with that philosophy. And when there's 24 seconds on a shot clock, that's all hunky dory. But but I think that 14 second shot clock change it actually affects this a lot. I, I think it affects pick and roll games a lot more than than we think because well if we if, if that would only apply if we get offensive rebounds but we like yeah we have one guy who can get it basically <laughs> yeah yeah that but I mean I always feel like there's just you know so many broken plays and stuff that it, it just always feels like there's there's not enough time I I don't know I I think um maybe I'll edit that part out but I I, I just feel like this year we're just a step slower in setting up our offense and yeah. anytime there's a side out um you know inbounds play like when somebody's actually set up in you know triple threat uh position to score pass or dribble you know there's like seven seconds left on the shot clock and you're like where'd all the time go like, there's there's just something something's not right with this team and uh, you know I, I don't think i think kerr's a great motivator I don't think he's coached all that well. I, I, and this kind of X's comes, and knows, right? Yeah. yeah, and time management. It comes back to what I said at the beginning of the pod. I don't. I, I think time management is one of the simplest things that you could you could legitimately hire some ball boy to, to handle this for you. And it it just a lot of head scratchers uh, with this team and kind of how they've executed down the stretch. Um, you know, Portland two nights ago, or two games ago, or three games ago, when we lost in Oracle on that boneheaded, uh, on that boneheaded play, you know, we had the lead to, you know, up two with 10 seconds left. We inbounded to Steph, the best free throw shooter in history. And for whatever reason, he, what, decides to give it up? I mean, I don't understand why we couldn't come up with a better play. You know, I understand that if you're, if you're trapped in the corner, you know, you don't want to risk giving up the jump ball or getting stripped, but, you know, why aren't you drawing up a better play for him to catch the ball in the place where he's not going to get trapped? So just a bunch of little things like this that, that, that have been head scratchers this year that, you know, I'm hoping Kerr can figure out. But once again, it comes back to it. I don't think the small ball's going to be as effective as it used to be in the playoffs. And I'm hoping I say this every year, and I'm always proven wrong, but I I really think we need some kind of uh, post presence. So that's what Boogie Cousins will hopefully Boogie, be. So but yeah, yeah, Boogie, you know, or or let's get David Lee out of retirement. All right, that, that's dude. And, Ro- and Rolo, dude, even Rolo as a backup, <laughs> yeah. like Robin Lopez yeah. as a backup, like that would be very good. He's a good rebounder and a good defender, yeah. like you know. So I would definitely take him like that, but. um I think there's probably two two things I would say that I've been a little perplexed with Kerr by and hopefully that he can, can mm-hmm. fix. Yep. Um, I think one of them is like uh, how we're playing Steph off ball yep. a, a lot more. Yep. Um, I think that is um, – I think there are certain instances – like I just like the way he did it in spots uh, previously, They yep. you know. Uh, he would have Steph on ball a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like he is almost exclusively uh, not exclusively, but he plays a lot more off ball. Like he'll bring the ball up and kind of just give it up, and yeah. you know the set is Steph running around a bunch of screens trying yeah. to get open yeah. and stuff, uh, which I don't know if is if that's having an effect on Steph's like shooting or anything like that. But uh, I feel like that's gotta be something to uh for them to look at too because it's just like i just just from the eye test just like it's happening a lot more than yeah. i can remember yeah it's a lot more iggy and uh sean livingston and draymond bringing it up and, and even kd and, and i yeah. think it comes back to draymond i mean to open up the floor more you need steph running around running the baseline running the wings but you also need the room right i mean yeah yeah, yeah that that you know, Draymond's unable to provide because he can't shoot. Right. Nobody's guarding. Right. So if Steph's running around off the baseline, you know, maybe uh, – I mean, I don't know. If you have a legit three-point threat always continuously moving around the wings, I think that does clear out the opening in the middle so that Draymond could drive, theoretically. He he doesn't do it. That's but... not his strong point. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that's the only thing. That. That's the yeah. only thing he could do. Otherwise, yeah. you know, we're – As a counter, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. Effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean that's that's one thing that I was a little 
like disappointed about. And then the second one's also like the rotations and stuff. Yeah. Like, because he mixed it up. That, that right? weird Quinn Cook thing that we saw in Portland. I, I remember yeah. with, I think, five, like maybe six minutes left in the fourth quarter, um, he subbed out Steph for Quinn Cook. And like, you and I looked at each other. We're like, what, like, what is going on? Yeah, absolute head scratching moves. But the current he changed up Steph's rotation time. Like he used to play the entire first and third, yeah, and then come back with six minutes left in the second exactly. and the fourth. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that would be his. That was his schedule for God knows how many years. Yeah. And then this year, uh, he's basically playing Steph um, like nine minutes in, in the first, first quarter. Yeah. yeah. And then he's having him start the second quarter. Yeah, like six um, minutes. And then, and yeah, and then he'll, he'll pull him with like six minutes left yeah. and then play him uh, the last three minutes of the quarter. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's really weird. I understand the need to have either Steph or KD uh, on the floor, but I still understand why you you know move away from what worked for Steph for so many years and then um, you know make KD lead the second unit like i don't know like yeah there's other ways around what you can do like i always thought that the what we did last year with like um with uh draymond and clay in the second unit was atrocious oh yeah never like that yeah yeah yeah. so i understand the need to have one of kd um or steph with the second unit Mm. but you have to be able to like for somebody that's like you know been on team and is the face of the team like dude let him keep his freaking rotation i don't understand why you're like yeah trying to change it up on steph like he was so angry that Portland. yeah never seen that yeah come out of the game. yeah it was weird and to have quinn cook be the guy that comes in yeah. for him i mean it, i get it you know offensively he kind of brings the same skill set but just court awareness i mean i, I feel like every time quinn cook comes back in during that, you know, kind of the crunch I'm time. Fuck, dude. Yeah, he gives up these big like back doors. He gets abused. His defense physically. is so bad, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, a two minute stretch of, of Quinn Cook being <laughs> cooked. I know hey. it went back to that well. Uh, that could swing a game, and that happened tonight. Uh, I, I I agree. I think that's one of those rotational things that Kerr. It, once again, maybe he's playing the long game. You know, maybe he doesn't want to show his hand. You know, maybe in the playoffs it's just going to be 100% Steph and KD pick and rolls, which, you know, they, they could do and it'd be awesome. That was basically when he was hurt and Mike Brown ran the offense. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty much what happened. Let's just run Steph and KD pick and rolls all day. Let's just play LeBron James offense. This is what, yeah, I, call exactly. it. what I call it, the LBJ offense. <laughs> yeah, because that's all Mike Brown knows how to do. Yeah, yeah. And it worked. Um but hey, uh, I think this about takes us to the end. James, awesome time hanging out with you over the New Year's. Great, great seeing you in Portland. We got we got to catch a uh, one last game at the Oracle though, so we got to work that out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, Sad times in Oakland. All right, dude. Good times. All right, man. All right, go Dubs. Ah, ah, it's a great-